Welcome back to another episode of Uncomfortable. I'm Jay. And I'm Pei. This week, we're going to be talking about our different life experiences, talking about Dr. Mays over here going to college for longer than fucking half my life, and me serving, I'm not going to say this beautiful country anymore, serving this country for about eight years. Damn, looking back, don't you wish you didn't? You wouldn't have did that. Um, <laughs> shit, really. You know what's funny? Like I feel like uh, recruiter recruiters target young black men. Oh, recruiters lie. And Heavily. yeah, and lie. And for what? Why would you want to serve a country that don't serve you and your people? Because like that doesn't even get you when anywhere. Because I wanted to. Sports in college. That was the only way that I was gonna go. I actually didn't really want to go to college at all. But if I did, that would have been the only way. And when I messed up my back, so not staying around here anymore. So gotta bounce. I just I feel like I'm also one of those hippy dippy people, and that could be because I have a community psychology degree. Like I feel like make love, not war. You know what I'm saying? So I just am against us going to other people's country trying to tell them what the fuck to do when we can't even keep shit together on our own country's land. <clears throat> Trumpies. Also. <laughs> Storm on the goddamn Capitol? The fuck? We can't even keep niggas from the Capitol. I mean, mine is also thinking about the women and children, so rather back before I had a kid. If now, because I got out, especially when I had a kid, I wasn't going to be moving around. I wasn't going to go flying everywhere for years at a time for nobody at that point. Yeah. But when I was by myself, it was me versus some person that couldn't do it. I've always been in pretty good shape and always you know, straightforward. So, hey, it was me versus somebody that would have been scared and would have did something stupid because they were scared. Mm. I still don't get it, but... I get. I mean, I don't know. All right. So, how long is your? I don't think I ever actually asked you this, but how long were you actually in college? You say that like I'm done. Well, <laughs> I mean, in your, um, in your young so day. I went straight to college at high school. So I started college. I graduated high school twenty six. No, that's not right. Twenty twelve. <laughs> yes, I graduated high school in twenty twelve. And I went to college that following uh, fall semester. And my bachelor's degree, I took the four years with not staying any longer or any less. <laughs> so I finished my bachelor's in 2016. And then after after I got my bachelor's, I actually, or sorry, during the process, like during the last semester of my bachelor's, I was applying for um, grad school. And I end up going to a PhD program um, right out the bat. Like I applied to maybe three or four different programs. Um, so I'll just, I guess I'll just say it. Um, I applied to OU Social Work. Mm -hmm. So University of Oklahoma applied to their Social Work Master's program. Mm -hmm. I um, either did apply or was going to apply to Prairie View A&M. Um, in Texas because they have uh, a juvenile justice and psychology program. It was a master's level program that I was interested in. And then I applied to Wichita State University 
um, to their community psychology program. Mind you, I had no idea what the hell community psychology was. I was still set on, I want to help disadvantaged youth. I want to do something with juvenile justice, that whole system. Um, and that was my mindset going into to search for like grad schools. Well, I ended up getting accepted into Wichita State University and that's where I came in 2016 and then graduated in 2020 with that degree. So in total, it was eight years. But yeah, that's not even a lot compared to other programs and other uh, fields. Um, so most people don't go straight out of their bachelor's program into a PhD program. That's very rare for people to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I did that. But my program was also a program where you get your master's in two years and then you get your PhD in the following two years. Um, but it's a total of four. Some people, they get their master's, they go get a master's first, then they go into a PhD program and end up with two master's and a PhD or they take a break, hiatus, whatever, and then they go back. Um, it just happens a bunch of different ways. Um, there were three different programs in my school. So there was like a community psychology program, a human factors program, and like a clinical community program. And each one is different. So my program usually takes four years. Some people's, it can take up to six years or eight years. So yeah, it just depends. But yeah, I've been in school for eight years and then I decided to get a master's of public health during my last year um no my last two years of my program and um yeah finishing that in May I was supposed to finish last year but family stuff came up so mm -hmm. yeah okay and for me like I said I didn't go to college it was in the plans I grew up we when you're in school, you have those little job fairs. So when uh, law enforcement, when uh, Homeland Security, they all came in, I decided that's what I wanted to do. So at that point, I wrote out my plan. Uh, military was always first. So it was going to be that. Then it was going to be college and go into that field. Well, at a certain point, I mean, I know I can't sit and office setting and I know I definitely can't sit in the classroom setting I just start getting fidgety I can't sit in one place so <clears throat> so I did the uh, military for eight years I did four years five years active in the last three in reserves active I was a 19 Delta calf scout if you don't know what that is that's basically Calvary Arms is basically the people that you see on TV kicking in the doors and doing all that. That's the best way I can describe it. My last year, my and when I switched over to reserves, I got a little bit smarter. I realized that you can't really do anything in the civilian world in, with combat arms besides law enforcement. I wanted to broaden my horizon, so I switched over to finance. But I tell you, that was the most boring thing that I've ever done in my life it was just terrible especially going from active to reserve if you have military experience you wouldn't and you did that same transition you know how that is so what are your uh, pros and cons for going to going the college route <laughs> 
pros and cons for going the college routes. Um, definitely the cost is a con. Mm-hmm. Um, college is undoubtedly the most expensive thing I've ever paid for and am still paying for. Um, hopefully Joe Biden comes through and cancels student loan debts, but, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, I wish that I would have known more about scholarship opportunities and stuff like that, because that wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Um, cause my friend Alyssa, she doesn't have any school debt at all because she got scholarships and stuff like that. But I feel like for me, the difference is like, I was a first generation college student no one in my immediate fleet, fucking dog. No one in my immediately. Why do I keep wanting to say immediately? Immediate. No one in my immediate. That's it. Immediate family. <laughs> uh, went to school, passed the high school, like you know, high school diploma. My grandma who raised me, she only had like a sixth grade education, and so college was like not on anybody's radar that's something that i had to pursue for myself um and i didn't know anything i will say shout out to all my teachers who helped because uh i ended up graduating um actually i was going to say the name i ain't doing all that did you just sneeze in my shirt keep going (laughs) oh but i Thankfully, I had teachers who had my back low-key. So, one of my teachers, Miss Ford, she helped me get a scholarship. Um, One of my um, art teachers helped me secure a small scholarship. And uh, my school counselor, Monica Bromnett, shout out to her. She is the one who really helped me, like, apply to schools, help me get waivers to apply. Thankfully, Oklahoma had an Oklahoma's Promise. So, like, I had, you know, federal aid coming in that you don't have to pay back and stuff like that. But, who, no one tells a broke black kid from the hood when they go to school that you should not be taking out this student loan money at max capacity. So, I will say that's something I'm being open and honest here that I did all throughout my undergrad degree. Tell y'all nothing down there. Damn. Boy, I took out them loans and was like, you know what? I'm going to pay it back. It's fine. I'm going to have a degree. It's fine. Do, 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 do. Going all willy-nilly, you know, buying. Like, I will say I spent it on stuff that, like, I actually really needed. Like, when you grow up having nothing, like, you and you have a little taste of getting something, like, you take that and you run with it. Especially when you're young. Yeah, especially when you're young, 18 years old, on a college campus. I was on that campus. I didn't know nobody. Nobody. And maybe one or two people um, from, like, my school. But, like, I really didn't know nobody. And I didn't have, like, I didn't know how to navigate school. Thankfully, I feel like I've been been smart since I was in second grade. (laughs) Like, been in, you know, all the advanced classes and all that crap. But, like... So I knew I knew how to seek out these things, but I didn't really know how to navigate. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say, yeah, your girl's out here, you know, maxing all her student loans. And I bought a car, which I really yeah. needed so that I could go back and forth from school to home. Nobody was going to take me home. 
How I'm gonna get home? How I'm gonna get my stuff out of my door and back home? You do you. I'm just saying, <laughs> it was only a two thousand dollar car. I'm not saying that. you laughing. The, I'm being no, open I mean, and honest you, right now. I know, and you run into it's funny because you run into a lot of people like that. Yeah, I mean, and I bought some clothes because the bitch was broke. <laughs> I didn't run. I didn't have too many people that went to school. Well, not many people. One that I talked to, but. I feel like it was pushed to us to try to go after those grants and go after the scholarships and all that a lot heavier than it sounds like they did for you because that was one thing that they helped us with. I, yeah. They did all that. They showed us the paperwork and I've had a lot of I didn't of know counselors. where to look for scholarships. Yeah. I didn't know that <clears throat> schools had scholarships, like until my second or, uh, third year I started figuring out and I started applying for scholarships and stuff um, sometimes though I will I'll be honest I don't like applying for scholarships because I don't want to write you a whole fucking paper either you don't give me the money or you're not gonna give me the money yeah, like why do you need to hear a sob story for you to help assist out like, and I have I have the sob story if I really want to put it on paper but like I don't want to get money for school like that you know what I'm saying and I when I was young I was at a very I'm not talking about sickle cell type of thing I'm not yeah. using it I don't want to get scholarships because, oh, I'm the poor black kid who has sickle cell trying to go to school. I didn't want that. And so I did, like, I just would not apply for stuff. But I wish, like, if I could go back, I'm telling you, I would apply for every fucking scholarship that there is everywhere. And because what's crazy is, like, when I got to grad school, that's when, like, okay, bitch, you actually need to take out loans because what they don't tell you about grad school is that. You like it's full time is is way more work than a bachelor's degree, and some places will pay you to you know be a TA or pay you to do this and that, which they pay us, but we were technically um, living in poverty. I lived in poverty for the first three years of my um, graduate degree. Mm-hmm. And I had to take out student loans because they don't really give out a lot of scholarships and stuff for graduate students. I did get a scholarship my last year, um, but like they really just, they really not trying to give out money like that for graduate students, which is ridiculous because how do y'all expect us to live in in our program? They didn't want us to work. Had the audacity to try to tell us not to work. I, I was working, but anyway. <laughs> And you you want us to just be here? What 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 are we supposed to do? Who are we supposed to like? I I don't know. It's I can talk about grad school all day because that's an experience like y'all. Nobody tells you another con. It's depressing as hell, as hell. A lot on the mental health. Yeah. Yes, yes. That shit is taxing as fuck, and nobody tells you that. Nobody talks about that. They tell you, oh, you need this advanced degree. And especially in psychology, you need an advanced degree to be making anything. Yeah. But is it worth it? Maybe not. But the pros, I got (laughs) doctor in front of my name. I got multiple letters behind my name. Um, And I will say I've met a lot of friends um, through going to college and going to grad school. I was able to kind of make an impact, I feel like, um, in sickle cell research and stuff like that so yeah there's a lot of good from going to school like i literally my 
four best friends I met my freshman year. Well, one of them came along a little after that, but I met them my freshman year. And to this day, I am still best friends with Destiny Taylor. Shout out. <laughs> and Eric and Ryan and Levante. And we are still friends. We've been friends for going on like, what, eight, nine years now? So, yeah. And, and long distance. Yeah. Them, that was my niggas. So, I'm thankful that college gave me them. But, yeah. Well. <clears throat> long-winded. I'm sorry. Oh, no. You're good. I mean, you're going to have more experience than me. I mean, because. Oops. Military is basically like college, it you're gonna, is. especially in combat arms. Y'all get to travel. That's what. That's what. Oh, uh, sometimes yeah. military has their budgets too. So, and I'm I'm gonna apologize. Air, Air in Force has because I might just shit on the military the whole time you're talking. So I apologize. It's great. You build a brotherhood. A lot of them that I don't talk to. Stuff that happened. All that stuff that happened last year. Yeah. Showed a lot of people's true colors, which when you're in the military, you can put aside because those are people that's going to be fighting next to you. So it doesn't matter what hood you came from. If one's from the South and one's from the North, you're racist or whatever. I mean, y'all are fighting the same wars. Y'all are in the foxholes at the same time. So some a lot of that stuff that you got to put aside. But that's a part of another thing. But it's basically like college you're out basically a bunch of frat boys young the only difference is college kids they're still looked at as kids we were looked at as adults because we were in the military well i was up at fort riley i was in we were in aggieville acting just as crazy as those college kids doing as much stupid stuff wow yeah that's a perspective that's new but like (laughs) it makes sense oh oh, like That they would see y'all as adults, but see us as kids, because we're going the straight and narrow. Yeah. Like, but they want you to fight for our country, but see y'all as adults. Like y'all are ki- still kids at that yeah, point. Still, still babies. That's was, crazy. Man, I can see that though. Yeah, but you build a brotherhood. My, me and my roommate, man, he put me on a bunch of shows that I probably wouldn't watch myself. Sopranos. Uh, <laughs> We will play. You never would have watched The Sopranos. No, no, Get it together. It's too long. It is long as it's hell. It's so long. But he, we played Call of Duty. I ain't much of a gamer like that, but him and I, chill in the room, we'll play that. And that's I definitely... I can't wait to get a PS5. <laughs> that's definitely a bond that we have for a long time. Well, a lot of us don't talk as much anymore, but we still check on each other. We still say, hey, how you doing? All that stuff. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, college life versus military life is still very much the same because low-key is one big initiation and, <laughs> like, college has frats and y'all have just initiations. It's just bullshit. And, yeah, it's it's very much the same yeah, some, thing. Yeah, some of the cons I would You're be, still going to classes, right, with the military. You still go yeah, to classes still, and stuff. Like yeah, you get free education same. or there's training classes that you can do. But when I first signed up, I was that stupid kid that was like, uh, if I'm joining the military, I want to do something that I basically see on TV or like some hero stuff. So I did combat arms. You can't do shit in the real world with combat arms. What's that? Uh, basically, 
Uh, basically, the people that you see on TV, though, are pew, pew, all that bullshit. Oh. I don't know what pew, pew means. <laughs> Gunfights. You ever seen war movies? Okay. <laughs> I don't really, to be honest, I don't really watch a lot of war movies. I used to watch, oh, there's this one with that really fine white man. I, I can't even think of what it's called. He was in a plane. He was also in Pearl Harbor. Whew. But this is a different movie I'm thinking of. Now that was a fine white man. I have to look him up now. You, you, talk, you keep talking him. about, uh, well, I ain't going to get off the topic for that. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, I was stupid. So if you got young kids that uh, want to try to join the military, tell them not to do combat arms. It looks cool. And when you tell uh, women, oh, you're in combat arms, it, I mean, it gets you play. But when you try to go in the real world, especially trying to explain it, like, yeah, I was in combat arms. Oh, what is that? Or you tell them what your job is. I mean, <clears throat> I had a lot of training in the military. They Once you're exiting or there's classes that you can take that shows you that's really good training, that shows you resumes that can get you in the real world. So I can word my military experience to make it sound fantastic that's why i can get my foot into the door of anything mm-hmm. and just talk my way through it but <clears throat> uh shoot yeah just doing that i felt like it was a waste of those four years because i did that and it wasn't a job that i can transfer mm-hmm. i did look at some of this stuff and when I went to, that's why when I went to the reserves, I switched to finance so I can uh, switch over to that. But at the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to when you finally done with college, when you're finally done, if you do the military route or uh, trade school, we'll get into that as well. It all comes down to experience versus education. If you went the education route, they're going to say, oh, but how much experience you have. If you went the experience route, they're going to say, oh, how much education you have. So it's just a big old loophole for them to deny people jobs. But anyway. (laughs) It's it's basically a lose-lose. Yeah. Unless you're doing both at the same time and you're basically just wearing down your mental health and killing yourself every single day. So Josh Hartnett was the dude I was talking about from Pearl Harbor and it's fine but (laughs) I 100% agree with what you just said like I feel like nobody tells you that going the experience route going college route is like they they don't tell you how taxing being an adult is on your mental health to be honest doing adult things or doing things that you think will better your life in the long run yeah it might better your life but while you're going through it like Getting a PhD was the hardest time of my life. Yeah. And nobody tells you that. Nobody wants to be that real with you and tell you how it really is. And I feel like we're just going through all these motions and stuff like that for people to either deny you a job because your name is spelled different or, you know, deny you a job because of the color of your skin or deny you a job because they think that you don't have enough. But really, everybody is is faking it till they make it. And literally everything. I see that all the time. Like, everybody is faking it till they make it. For me, I thought I was going to be able to get a degree. Like, I have a PhD. I thought once I graduate, I'm going to get me a good job and in this good field, you know, doing whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Was not the case because I didn't have experience. 
or actually the job that I did get, they were, I was trying to advocate for more pay because I'm like, I have a PhD. Literally, I'm the only person on my team that has a PhD. Doctor. Granted, everybody else does have more years. They have masters in public health and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like, I should be getting the same, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have a high degree. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't have, I don't have, well, I had experience in what I was doing. I had, I had a lot of experience because I had my internship before that. I had class experience. I had field experience with my research, uh, like my advisor in my grad program. So I had experience, but like. I don't know. It's just like, how come How come my degree isn't enough when people say education or experience? And I feel like, like we said, that's a loophole for people. Like, oh, you can have all this experience, but you also need at least uh, an associate's or at least, you know, whatever. Or, oh, you can have a degree, but you need at least five years experience, eight years on, you know, some island in T- Tahiti or some. I don't know. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, all the requirements and stuff. That's actually something we're talking about at work is making our job more accessible to people who might not have a lot of experience or might not have that big of a degree but can still be an asset to our team because that's really what it's about. That's It's marketing yourself. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, and that's the thing. People, oh, you got to have experience. How am I going to get experience if you don't want to give me the goddamn job because I don't have experience? Please. How? How, Sway? What experience I'm going to get? Working for you for free? Exactly, and that's where the probably experience has an upper hand over education because the experienced people can at least get their education. The educated people, they have to find somebody to give them a chance to give them the experience. But what's crazy is I feel like with education, you're learning about, it depends on what field you're in, but in my field, you're learning about the theories. You're you're actually practicing what you're going to be doing in the field. So it's not like you don't have that experience. You just have a limited experience, but you still have that knowledge of this is what you do, how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you can learn on the job. So I just, I still don't, I don't understand it. Like, I just don't understand. How is my coursework not experience? It should be. Because what the fuck am I doing in grad school if that's not going to count for shit? Well, I see. I see you getting a little heated. I am. <laughs> because this is stuff that, like, makes me so mad because I feel like it limits so many people. So, like... So many people, especially in our communities of color, could be somewhere doing something great, but they're not given the opportunity. They're not, they're looked down upon because they lack this or they lack that. And it just makes no sense when Bill can uh, falsify his entire fucking resume, talk up, you know, his skills, like he really know what the hell he doing, but he don't and still get a fucking job. Because honestly, these jobs ain't checking for your degree. They not check in to make sure that you have, you know, X, Y, and Z, depending on the field that you're in. So people can lie. Sure. I literally know sure. people who lie on their... And that's what I'm saying. I'll be trying to do, you know, go to straight and narrow, do what I'm supposed to do, you know, you know, do everything right. But no, there are literal people. I know so many people that will lie their ass off on their resumes. They will lie their ass off on interviews and stuff like that and i'm talking jobs they lie about having jobs having experience having skills i'm like are you fucking shitting me and meanwhile i got the skills i got the jobs and the degrees and shit but i'm trying to do it right and then i don't get so you better believe when i go to job hunt again oh all the skills gonna be on there 
everything. And I've seen so okay. I know this is. I feel like this is getting off topic, but low key, this is a tip for anybody that is listening that wants to get a job in a field, or if you're like in college and you're trying to get experience. What you do if you're on LinkedIn and you upload your resume to any job that you're applying to, put in white, okay, in white font. So write, type out a bunch of skills, right? And then highlight those skills, turn them white, and then upload your resumes. Like anything that they mention in the description of the job, any things that jump out as, oh, this is experience that you might need, put those in white and then upload it. Because what they're doing is they're filtering out resumes that don't have those buzzwords that they're looking yeah. for. So... Even if you don't want to put it, but you want to get your application through, just turn them white because it still shows up. It's still text there. Oh. That's a tip that I oh, heard. Oh, for the little system thing that they yeah. use that still shows up? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you best believe when I apply for Emory University. You're just going to put that whole name I'm putting their whole government out there because they need to hire me, damn it. Okay. No, that's the one thing that uh, <clears throat> they taught us in the... No, because I need to change it. Oh, no, that's the one thing that they uh, did tell us in the transition period about the resumes, about the uh, buzzwords, about wording your thing to make it match the uh, job that you're looking for. And like I said, I mean, <clears throat> in their interview, because I have that experience, I can talk, especially when they see military, so they think leadership. I can talk my way through an interview. I went through, when I was separating from but yeah what you saying that you were uh, that people were lying to interview there was one time when I was about to leave the sheriff's office uh, I applied for a bunch of stuff and then I paused for a minute and then the fire department called me back because I was going to go down the firefighter route but I was trying to look because there's education that you got to do for them too and they called me they were like hey you want to come in for an interview I in that whole interview I said everything about being a fighter fighter. I was like, Oh yeah, I wanna put boots on the ground, da 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 and turns out it was something for like uh receptionist or like uh accounting or something. And they called me back for a second interview. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they liked your enthusiasm. Because, I mean I went in there and I mean I was uh, professional as hell and straightforward. Mm. <laughs> So, if you know how to talk and you know how to do, that's, I've helped a couple people to do interviews, and all you got to do is have the confidence, and then boom. That is really all you need, which I don't have. I really don't. Unless I'm... I low-key cried in my last interview a little really? bit. But I knew the people, and so I didn't feel bad, but like, I, think I was like, what the fuck, why am I getting emotional during a fucking job interview when they ask me a question? But they asked something like, who is your biggest motivator or your, you know, and it's, it's my mom. It's always been my mom. And anytime I talk about my mom, I get emotional. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. But I feel like it shows a little realness too. A little too. But thankfully it was on Zoom. So they, I wasn't crying in person. Oh, another, another tip for you guys. When uh, they ask you to tell you about yourself, they don't want to want you to read off your resume. They want you to say, hey. I'm Jay Fitch from Maryland. Got a little girl. We go outside. We play ball in my off time. Da, da, da. They don't want to know, oh, I was four years 
at this place, I was four years at that place. They don't, because they can read on the resume, all that stuff. They want to know about you. Yeah, but I feel like it's also, that's what, that's difficult. Those are the questions that's the hardest for me, is when they ask me about me. I think I told you I don't you like this, talking about I? myself. Hmm? I think I told you, when you asked me one time, didn't I tell you that? And you said that you didn't know how to do that? Probably. <laughs> I, I just don't like talking about myself. I never have. Even when I did pageants, didn't really like talking about myself, doing personal questions. And I, multiple people can vouch for that. I hated answering personal questions. I don't know if there's something I need to talk to my therapist about <laughs> or what, but. <laughs> so, growing up, again, I'm from Maryland, you're from Oklahoma. Did they say anything about trade schools, talking about trades, teaching you guys? Oh, yeah, definitely. That? Definitely. We went and toured uh, Votex and stuff like that. Yeah. And actually, they like would take us to each different wing or whatever that they had. And we talked about the services or the services, you know, the classes and stuff or what the program was for. And in some of them, they let us like actually do stuff. So like when we got to the welding and Mm -hmm. that type of stuff. They actually let us weld. Now, low-key, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I want to weld some shit. Because I just like hands-on shit. shit. Yeah. But I like handy shit. Even though, like, I'm not the most handy person. I just like doing things, like creating things and doing things with my hands. And so, I thought welding was cool as shit. I was like, huh, I might want to do this just so I can learn how to do it. But I never, I didn't end up doing it. But, yeah. So, they, they really talked about it. They didn't push, like you can make the same amount of money doing some technical they, they degrees as you can <laughs> having a college degree. Yeah, they don't they don't want to tell you that, but you can. Because you can't you won't be putting money into the system if you just go to a trade school and start making a bunch of money. Yeah. They want you to do the four years so you gotta owe them a bunch yeah. of money and all I that. can't wait to have kids because I'm letting them know what you, what what do you want to do? What what do you want to do? And we're gonna talk about it, how to get there. And if they want to, you know, make a lot of money, have their own business, go to trade school first, you know, that way you can save up and boom, that way you ain't got no goddamn debt like your mom. (laughs) Yeah, they told us about a couple of things. They didn't say anything about HVAC. I didn't hear that until I moved out here. Like? The mm. air conditioning and all that. Mm, Yeah. But yeah, and that's. HVAC, plumbing, none of that. And those are high-paying jobs. Yeah. I think I knew about those jobs mostly because, like, my family, they all could do all the, all those things. Mm-hmm. You know? They, like, for me, I grew up around black men who knew how to do their own construction, knew how to do that, fix their own plumbing, knew how to, you know, fix cars, fix that. But what's crazy is, like, they weren't making a lot of money. Like, you see all these HVAC companies and stuff making. Yeah. And that's just that's crazy to me. That's weird to me. Like, they had that knowledge. My grandpa, like I told you earlier, like my grandpa built a whole deck for our front porch, like by himself, by himself and was working on cars and stuff, but didn't have nothing really to show for it, mm-hmm. which is like, damn, like, cause people really out here like making money from that. You got construction companies owned by mostly white men. You got, you know what I'm saying? With black and brown workers. And they're, they're the ones that know how to do it, but they don't know a lot about the business side and stuff like that, which kind of, I feel like, yeah. sets us back. Nobody, but, nobody yeah. taught them. And probably something that I'm going to bring up <clears throat> in our financial episode or whatever episode it is. But I feel like I was thinking about that this morning. Like, 
the couple of black people that do get in, they feel like they work so hard to do it, so they'll just stay there, they'll start being mm-hmm. selfish. But and so there's rarely the ones that try to pull up the other ones after them and so it can start building up their own companies and all that. Definitely. We're kinda selfish in that way, but I feel like we're selfish in that way for a reason. Yeah. Like, you know, like we don't No, no, there's a reason. Yeah. I'm saying I mean, there's different ways. So if you think about it, I see the reason, but if you think about it the other way, the other way will benefit you. Definitely. Benefit definitely. you in the long run. Definitely. For that. I agree. So, you said what? Who's up? It's 6.45. Takes a little bit. You got time. He can wait. You got time. So, it's a reservation. You said he can sit there and wait. Okay. Sir, I'm not going to put your name on here. She she named shop. I won't. Know. But, I. Uh, it's not even a date though. It's so so you, uh, so you were actually on the campus for four years. Yes, I was on. Well, I was on campus for three years, and then I lived off campus for a year. You ever thought about joining a fraternity? Sorority, sir. I knew it was something. <laughs> else. I was thinking of two names. And <laughs> so I, sorority. I thought about it. I'm not gonna discuss it. Because fraternity um, is a guy's, right? Yeah. I was thinking the guys was though. named something else. Yeah. Um, I thought about it, but um, it, it didn't you happen. Don't want to discuss. I probably should have ran the questions by you before. Nah, I just um, I don't know, cause people like fraternities and sororities in the black community are very protected, and you're seen as an outsider. So I just don't want to talk about it and like it be an issue. You know what I'm saying? Cause I I do have a lot of um, like distant friends who are a part of. Mm-hmm. Sororities or fraternities, and you know that's that's not my lane, so I'm gonna stay out of it. So. I mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah. I think because I see that in the uh, the communities they build the relationships and all that that they build. Another thing that I hear a lot of people say, and it's probably because where I grew up is like dead center of all the HBCUs. A lot of people try to say that lost my shoes that time. A lot of people try to say that they don't get pumped, but again, I can't say that they don't because I grew up around in the area of Howard or Georgetown, Morgan, all of them. (laughs) Uh, Towson, all of them are in my area, so I heard a lot about them. Mm. I didn't know what fraternities and sororities were until I got to college campus. What about HBCUs? Didn't know what the hell the HBCU was till I got to a college campus. So probably yeah, probably because a lot of them are on the East Coast though. Yeah. So I'll there's say, one in Oklahoma, surprisingly, oh, Langston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people from here go there sometimes too. I'm pretty sure there's a lot all over the United States. Yeah. But yeah, I was close to them, so I heard about them, and I'm black, so my family made sure that I knew about them as well. Mm-hmm. Well, again, my family didn't go to college, yeah. so there's that. <laughs> I don't think they knew. They they don't know what fraternities and sororities are. So, how do you think uh, the education is valued in today's world with the different avenues in for career paths, such as influencers, YouTube stuff? Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. I was yeah. like, that's a very long question, but I get what you're saying. I I still think that you know. 
education is still valued in the same way, but I feel like people just see that there are other avenues, other options, mm-hmm. and that if education is not for you, then that's not a path that you have to go down. And I think that's perfectly valid. It's perfectly okay. Um, but yeah, I still think education is is um, still held to a high standard, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm all for people, shoot, if you can make it being an influencer baby do it please because but i will say one thing that like if i were to ever make it you know um being an influencer or i don't even want to be an influencer but you know just doing youtube or doing twitch or whatever it is if i ever made it to that point where i could say oh i'm doing good in this and making money off of this i will still be working that's one thing that i've noticed that like youtubers and stuff like that they'll go and and stop working they'll do that full time and that can open a lot of doors and it has opened a lot of doors for different people that like really make it to like the tops of their fields uh-huh. but that's not for everybody and i feel like you you should still make sure that you're having multiple streams of income but that also comes with knowing about generational wealth knowing about financial stuff and we can talk about that in another episode but that's just one True thing that i noticed it's like okay you might not be getting an education but make sure that you're still having multiple streams of income don't mm-hmm. just rely on that one thing just like for me I'm not just going to rely on what my education has got me. I'm mm. not going to rely on that job to Preach. keep money flowing and keep money coming in. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. My daughter came over and told as told me that uh, she wanted to go down that route or something. She wants to be a YouTuber? If, if she did, she didn't say anything right now. But if she oh. did, uh, I would at least, I wouldn't force because I didn't go to college. But at least something where she can... She knows the paperwork, knows deals on her own. Yeah. Without having somebody to try to, because even you see it with sports players all the time, they get screwed by their cousins or uncles all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to go down the education route, at least have some type of knowledge in the field where you can handle yeah. the paperwork. That's everything. Rappers yeah. too. Megan got uh, screwed with her exactly. first contract heavily. Exactly. Shoot. All right, so this was another week of uncomfortable with Jay. Oh, you just not wait. I thought we were going to do the. Oh my bad. For some reason, I was like thinking, oh my gosh, like his name isn't first. My name is first, but it's not. Exactly. I wanted your name first. No, I think it doesn't matter either way. But okay, we can keep all of that in here. We can, we can, and pay. So yeah. That's been another episode with us. Tell them they can reach us and all that. Oh, you yeah. You do it better than me. <laughs> um, you can reach us at un underscore comfortable at yahoo.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us. Or if you want to tell us about your uncomfortable mo- or Oh, my God. Can I speak? Uh, if you want to tell us about any uncomfortable moments you've had, if you want to weigh in on topics that we've discussed, Um, make sure that you're sending us an email and we will definitely be discussing those in future episodes. These podcasts are provided on YouTube and anything where you get your podcasts. You can follow us on any of our social media platforms. All the things. Make sure you you like, share, and subscribe. 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 How many times I can't subscribe? How many times I say it, it won't come out. So. You know, oh, okay. This is an aside. I know we closed now, but this is an aside. That reminds me of there's certain you a certain brand of YouTubers that will say smash 
that like button and that shit pisses me the fuck smash. off smash they'll be like oh, make sure smash. to smash that like button i'm like why the fuck are you saying it like that it irritates my soul like irritates the living hell out of me that they say smash that like button why just smash smash the like button you don't smash and why but anyways i'm sorry that was this episode was sponsored by oman books where you can get dr payton's first book warrior, warrior child. child a-m-o-n-b-o-o-k-s dot com and when you use this promo code we ain't no promo codes well, yeah, she got bills to pay, so you pay full price for this. <laughs> nah, that's the code. Ain't no promo code. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. All right, see ya. <laughs>